everyone, I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway. Woo! So this is the podcast where we talk about things about musical theaters. Today's episode, we'll be talking about Heathers. All right. So I guess before we get into everything, we'll just give you a brief synopsis of the show. So the plot of Heathers uh, revolves around a girl called Veronica Sawyer. She's a very nerdy girl who manages to get into the popular clique, inner circle. And as her social life improves, she starts dating this new kid called JD, who has actually a very violent streak. And together, they murder the popular kids while trying not to be found by the town. For today, for the first time ever, we also have our very first special guest, and that's my sister, Emma. Emma, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Emma, and uh, a few years ago, I got sucked into the musical universe and uh, never turned back, and uh, now I'm here today on Podway. I'm very excited to be here. All right, so what's your experience like with musicals? So... When I was younger, I did go to see musicals. So um, I remember seeing West Side Story and uh, Le Miserere, all the classics. I only really got into it a couple years ago, maybe three years ago or four years ago, when uh, I saw Hamilton. Even at first, I wasn't immediately drawn. I listened to it a few times. And as I slowly got a sense of the plot and I connected to the characters more, I suddenly kind of realized the whole story that is embedded in each song. And then I just absorbed a bunch of musicals and and tried to get a little bit of everything. So I I do owe uh, the start to Hamilton. I'm curious, though, would that be your favorite musical? I would say that it's in the top three. It's, it, it is still very hard for me to choose one favorite, but I feel like I owe it to be in the top three. And I still really enjoy listening to the music, even after years of listening to each song multiple times. And I guess that says a lot about the musical itself as well. So yeah, it will definitely be at the top. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. So that is great to know your kind of like connection to musicals. But now we're going to talk more specifically about Heathers. So usually at this point, we just talk about our own relationship to intellectual property. So Heather started off as a movie, a 1989 movie, I believe it's when it was released in Canada, and then got adapted into a musical in the early 2010s. So since you're our esteemed guest, I guess you can start off with, you know, your experiences with Heather's. Yeah, so I heard about Heather's from uh, a friend and I was searching it one day and I was really drawn to Veronica's voice. So that's the first thing that I really noticed. Uh, It was Barrett Wilbert Weed. She's like well known for the role and her voice was so raw and fresh and so I was captivated by it. But then I was captivated by the musical itself. It was very different than everything else I listened and it definitely didn't hold back at all with what they were showing in stage so I got very curious and drawn to the plot. Quick question so did you know about the plot before you get into it like when you listen to the first song like did you have any idea of like what it was about? No no I had no clue and and actually the first time it was a bit <laughs> too explicit for me so I, I also skipped a lot but I still enjoyed it. Do you remember which okay. song you first listened to? Oh the beautiful. Oh okay so like you started from the actual first song? Yes. Yeah. Okay okay. How about you, Claire? I watched the musical from the beginning to the end, so that was also my first song. But I came in with no clue of what's going to happen. So honestly, on my first note of the song, 
I wrote, high school drama is so old. I have no <laughs> idea why, why Becky liked this. And it took like a total turn. So I honestly came into the blind. I didn't know what it was really about. And it just seems like very casual, usual, like the mean girl type of high school stuff that mm-hmm. you would expect from like early 2000, 2010 teenage movies kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how wrong I was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So I think like, I'm the only person who heard of the movie first. I'm getting that right, I think. So yeah, I think the movie is really big in the same circle that you mentioned. So like the people who watch Mean Girls, who watched all the rom-coms, even though it's totally very different. I think Mean Girls actually has a lot to owe for Heathers, and it probably based a lot of things off of it too, in addition to like another book that it was actually based off of. So it's something that existed in the cultural zeitgeist, but I heard also that it involved kind of a lot of murder. And I get scared very easily. (laughs) So it was something that I was really reluctant to watch. I read the IMDb and I was like, oh, what's the score for like intense and scary scenes? Oh, that's too high. So I actually put it off and I didn't watch it until uh, preparing for this video. But this was my first introduction to Heathers. So that means that when I was exposed to the musical, I didn't actually go into it blind because I was very aware of the plot. I knew of its existence in the musical, but I refused to watch it on the same ground as uh, why I refused to watch the movie. But Emma came and played it like <laughs> over and over. That kind of convinced me to give it a listen. And I thought it was very well done musically as well. So I think I just like started listening to it more and more and more. And I grew to really like it as it went on. But actually, I didn't watch it still. Um, the musical or the movie up until preparation for the episode. So while I listened to the soundtrack many, many, many times, I never watched it. So it is kind of new for all of us, I think. So it's exciting to talk about. Another point of exposure that I have for it is I, in my free time, like watching YouTube videos. And one of the YouTubers I like watching is named Carrie Hope Fletcher, and she is very well known um, on Broadway or more like West End circles because she is British, and she played Veronica Sawyer in the West End revival of Heather's. So I was also really, really excited to watch her part of it. So preparing for this video, I watched the movie, the musical Broadway <laughs> version, and the West End version multiple times. So You're well prepared. Wow. I, see I am that. well prepared. I'm well prepared. Amazing. Okay. Wait, also- I have a question for Emma. Since Becky is very, I guess, not a tragedy or like a scary movie type of person, yeah. how about you? Like, are you more into murders and stuff? Oh my god, that came out wrong. But you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? But what are you asking, Claire? <laughs> <laughs> no, I got you, I got you. No, I'm definitely not into horror movies or murder type, but I didn't really know what I was getting into. But even after reflecting, I feel like it had a little bit more of a Scream Queen vibe to it. In terms Which is of amazing. Thing. Yeah, it's a really fun show. Um, I think Becky and I practically binged watched it. We did, yeah. <laughs> but the point is that there were murders, and when you read the plot, like it might seem uh, rather gruesome, but the way it was displayed in the play was more in a comedic way, a little bit, mm-hmm. or at least more light way. This is definitely something that I shouldn't actually have feared, I don't think. Like, I think people who are 12 and older should easily be able to watch it without anything bad happening. Like, I don't think it's it's that big of a deal, especially the movie. Like, obviously the murders happen there as well, but they're the least gruesome thing you can imagine. So I don't think it's really, really bad in terms of that. The only thing that I think would 
maybe um, disorient parents is the heavy themes that this involves. And definitely, maybe this could be like a small trigger warning. This musical is very explicit in many ways. It involves mm-hmm. murder, as we mentioned, all throughout. It involves suicide, eating disorders, rape, assaults. Definitely has heavy themes that are not for everybody. Yeah, but I think for murder, like, coming out from Sweeney, I don't think anyone <laughs> really can top that. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that sure. 100%. You should have told me that it was about murder to get me interested. I, I did! Like, so, really? Did you? I Yesterday. Was, I totally forgot. Oh, that was too late. Um, I don't know if I should reveal this outright, but I feel like I'm the biggest supporter of it, even though I was the most reluctant at first. Is this accurate in my assumption? Well, I'm gonna say it first just because i was quite disappointed after watching it so i told becky about this and i was thinking about like uh i don't really know if i'm gonna be you know the only person who's saying that i don't really like it that much and then becky recommended that i play the soundtrack 24 7 and then just keep (laughs) on listening to the songs until i get to accept them so i was thinking all right she kind of got through the romeo and juliet um, (laughs) two round and a half musical for me so i might as well do this one for her so i tried to do that all day today and i find this tactic actually kind of worked so maybe i'll have nicer things to say about this musical but we'll see vindication How about you, Emma? Yes, yeah, I would say that, that you're definitely uh, maybe the main cheerleader here for the for the musical. I think for me, I I really enjoyed it uh, the first few times I watched it, and uh, definitely the soundtrack. But the all those times I watched it, I straight up skipped the explicit parts, so it maybe was half half the length. Uh, but now I sat with Becky and watched uh, it through and through. And, and yeah, so so uh, definitely some parts I liked less. But but I still I'm still amateur leader. Okay. That is intriguing. Yeah. Um let's yeah. dive right into it then. So we begin with the song Beautiful. So Veronica, who is the main character, writes in her diary about the corruption of her classmates from nice children to cruel teenagers bound by strict social hierarchy and societal expectations. She can't wait until she leaves their hometown to an Ivy League university. And during this entire very long song, actually, um, she introduces most of the important characters. So pretty much everybody except for uh, JD. So she first introduces Ram and Kurt, who are two football jocks who are very childish, not very bright, and are also huge bullies. After that, we see her best friend, Martha Dunstock, who is constantly bullied for her weight. Finally, the Heathers, who rule the school. So we have three Heathers. Heather McNamara, who is the head cheerleader and is very much like a follower. She doesn't really have a mind of her own. Heather Duke, who is snarky and a little bit mean. And the head Heather, um, Heather Chandler, who is, as Veronica describes her, a mythic bitch. Veronica sees the Heathers confronted by the teacher for being outside of class and the teacher decides to give them detention but veronica quickly forges a hall pass to get them out of trouble in return for this favor and continual favors in the form of forged notes veronica asks to sit with the heathers at lunch just once so everyone will actually leave her alone so you can see how bad her school is just by that heather chandler who as i mentioned is the head heather agrees and they give her a makeover and make her part of them. So just as a, I guess, disclaimer to make everything more easily understood from now, all the Heathers have a color that is assigned to them. 
So Heather McNamara, who is the follower, is yellow. Heather Duke, who is the mean, snarky one, is green. And the head Heather, Heather Chandler, is red. And they give Veronica a blue color to signify that she is part of their group now. Um, and the fact that Heather Chandler is red is going to be really important. So keep that in mind. So I have a lot of thoughts about this uh, opening act. So I'm going to, you know, leave it to the two of you to decide who wants to chime first on their thoughts on this number. As an opening number, this is so long. It is very long. It was eight minutes. If you listen to the soundtrack on YouTube, this is like more than eight minutes. I was blown away. I like how <laughs> it introduces to a lot of characters, but as a song, it just doesn't come together, you know? Mm. Like there's a lot of melodies that's kind of like here and there. The vocal's really good, mm-hmm. but melody wise, it's just too messy. And you know how I feel about messy songs. I, I like songs that's like whole. So <laughs> it's really hard for me to be like, this is my favorite. But I do want to point out that it is interesting and it's very helpful for the audience to get to know some of the more important characters, especially the Heathers. Mm-hmm. So for that purpose, it definitely does a pretty good job. I don't get a lot of the jokes though in the in the song. So for example, there's one so when the Heathers come out and they're like students trying to say like how much they admire them, I guess. So right. girls are saying that they want to sit with them and the guys are like trying to, I guess, get a chance to be with them. Mm-hmm. And there's a dude who says something like, I want to kidnap oh, one of that's them. A terrible line. Yeah. And then he <laughs> says, I want to uh, take like a photo of her being naked and then leave her to the rats. Oh. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And audience was laughing it opens a very i don't know it gives me a very weird impression of the Mm -hmm. musical because i'm like what the fuck is happening but that's my thought i don't think it's necessarily horrible i still really enjoy the vocal but just narratively there's some questionable parts for sure i think it does its job it's okay it actually kind of reminds me of fun home when like she talks to her diary um (laughs) what do you think of this number Yes, yeah, so I definitely agree with Claire. That line, it was horrible. I think listening to it, I right away was like telling Becky, what kind of sick dark humor is that? Yes. <laughs> I but apart from that, I'm uh, a little bit on the other side of the fence. I really enjoy that song. I loved the chorus and I liked the harmony and the different variations that they put in there. And when the Heathers came, it went a little bit softer and more angelic-like. And the beginning, everyone was saying, like, poser, freak, together. And it was kind of intense, showing, you know, the adolescent, like, difficulties that they might be dealing with and the bullying in their in their environment. Um, it was really long, but I did enjoy it. So so I, was, I don't have too many complaints about it. And it definitely laid the foundations for the musical just from this opening song, uh, Becky gave uh, such a long description of, of what was happening with Heathers and Martha and the jocks. So I do think it uh, did its job. And also Beautiful, I feel like, is a very big part of the musical. Uh, they mention it multiple times, and uh, I don't want to spoil too much, but we will. We'll oh, you can go again. ahead. I'm going to spoil everything when I talk about the song <laughs> anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's also going to be the way they're ending. So they start with beautiful and they end with beautiful. And uh, I think it reflects on how they learned and how they perceive beautiful before and after. Yeah. Don't they end with 17? I think they, they end with make it beautiful. Oh, yeah. So the lyric, you mean? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I mean, you're right, because they mix them up. 
for sure. I'm in my singing voice. <laughs> no, that was good. That no, is we good, actually need to sure. have more people sing on this podcast. <laughs> <Thank> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, Becky was inherited. Well, I'm actually Becky. Happy that Becky inherited the the musical gift. No, no, no. You're definitely. Any. You're definitely. You should not. sing our opening song next time. We should yes. have one, and you sing it. <laughs> no, I would do mind. it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> okay, so I guess it's time for me to correct everything you guys have been saying and just Oof. gush about it all and put it straight i must but this is a great opening act it introduces the status quo the inciting incidents where everything you know changes gives everyone distinct characteristics and clues us on how things will proceed moving forward both tone wise with that line that even i don't like i'm gonna admit and also with the distinct trope of the genre so for example i think we mentioned before you know it's very typical high school musical or at least so you think when you go into this and it has tropes of the genre, like the Pygmalion story of the main character getting a makeover, becoming snobby toward her older friend, and, mm-hmm. you know, in the climax realizes she was wrong and attempts to correct things with her friends, etc., etc. So it's good to have that kind of template in mind. The acting that neither you mentioned here, amazing from every single character. True, true, true. Amazing. Um, I especially love Heather Duke throughout the entire thing, but especially here because she is really fun to watch. I like the cheese mean. I really like main characters in general. And she sells the performance so, so well. The singing, of course, phenomenon. So it is a very long number and it has a lot of breaks in between for acting. So it's not only sung through. It's not very repetitive on top of that, but there is obviously repetition. So it's super impressive how they manage to, you know, make it still cohesive. The belting that requires at the very oh, end yeah. of the song by Veronica, mm-hmm. it left me personally gobsmacked. Oh, it was phenomenal. Yeah, and I also think that the vocal range that she displays is really impressive. So if you guys remember when she sings like, why? And then up until the very end when she belts the end, it when she belts it really shows like an amazing vocal range and i always like when the composers give their talent a lot of room to showcase themselves and i also really like the general discontent everyone feels so obviously the movie or and the musical both focus on veronica but it's also a school-wide problem here it's not just veronica who feels uncomfortable with how things are we hear the inner narratives of a number of the students and all of them don't like it but they're all except for her or even her to some degree get distracted by the idols here are the leaders the heathers and they just follow them blindly instead of thinking for themselves in the musical number there are also a lot of foreshadowing all over for example when she says fight the urge to strike a match and set this dump ablaze this is obviously something that almost happen in the very end of the song. I'm a sucker for a happy ending. This kind of like gives us the reassurance will be happy ending considering all the craziness that is going to happen. Also her values, which become prominent more and more into the stories are introduced here with, I believe there is good in everyone. We see her constantly like trying to forgive JD and try to like see the goodness in him. You can also see she's very intelligent or at the very least well-read because she like casually inserts history into the song with the Huns invaded Rome. Yeah, I really like in general. So this is a difference between the movie and the musical. Have you, have either of you watched a movie? Nope. Okay, so I'll talk about this. <laughs> so in here, unlike the movie, Veronica is kind of like very idealistic in the beginning, but she has absolutely no drive to change anything. 
Instead, she's just like hoping change will come naturally if people would somehow magically be nicer. And as the musical progresses, she realizes the leaders set the tone for how other people behave, or at least where they live. And Heather Chandler was a cruel person and ruled via fear and intimidation. Heather Duke follows in her footsteps when she has her temporary rule. So when she, at the very end, takes the red scrunchie, symbolizing her rise to power, she makes changes by setting example and mingling with, like, Martha, who was branded as a loser, and Heather, particularly Heather McNamara, um, Mm -hmm. showing, like, everything is going to be equalized. So um, I really like that part, and it's all foreshadowed here. And also another comparison with the movie. In a movie, we don't actually see Veronica's transformation, so it's actually all invented here. All the Pygmalion narrative, everything that happens here exclusively. So uh, I think that gives her more of a contrast and gives her even more complexity. Because here you get to see, you know, how she was like before the Heathers, how she's like when she's with the Heathers, and how she was like after like what happened with the Heathers. I think the most of the complexity comes through the form of her interactions with Martha. In the movie, they aren't actually friends. They just know each other because it's a small town, but they weren't best friends or anything. So I really like the decision that they made here. But one thing that really, really bothers me is Heather Chandler's wig, because it's really, really badly done. <laughs> I think, I think though, um, in the musical, there is a, another uh, Heather Chandler, and I believe she doesn't have a wig. Yeah, so the one we so saw they- has the Heather Chandler understudy and also the JD understudy. So neither of them are the original one you hear in the cast, the cast recording. But the rest of them are the one you hear in the cast recording. So anything to say about, you know, the character development to wrap this song up? Or anything at all? One question. Is yeah. Veronica your favorite character? No. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, oh! I I see some strong emotions. No. It's just like I'll be really curious to see if like anybody who has Veronica as their favorite character to explain or trying to convince me why, because I just find her not as likable. I mean, she's very realistic to some extent, uh-huh. but I don't know. I just don't like her very much. My favorite character is very unlikable. It's Heather Duke. So yeah, really, um, Emma yeah. too. No, no, not for me. But I know, I know why Becky likes her. She really likes oh. her little acting. Yeah, I like her <laughs> she, acting. She's a lot. quite funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I just okay. like people who are like over the top and mean. I'm sorry, <laughs> but she's definitely my favorite. And I'm not trying to, you know, try to make her more like palatable or appease, like appeasable in any way. Just I understand I'm flawed. I take that in. What's who's yeah, your favorite okay. character? Who's your favorite character? Before you're throwing stones. You're asking me? Where am I? Yes, I'm asking you. Me? Yes. Um, JD. JD. Oh, oh, that's a Ooh, choice. Talking that's about choice. Contro- uh, um, <laughs> controversy. Because you just think saying, I love sociopath. I like psychopath. <laughs> oh, okay. So we're the same, you and I. We're not so different. And Emma, yours? Oh my god, I need to think about it. If we're going around already. <laughs> this is so challenging. I feel like I should say Martha, but she's not actually my favorite from the musical i think favorite would probably be the one i liked to watch the most and i did enjoy um wow (laughs) i'm gonna join your team i did enjoy um heather mcnamara mcnamara yeah mcnamara sorry that's a good one 
I really liked it. She already started in the beginning when we saw her with the if I if I get a meat cleaver down the center of your skull, oh, yes. I'll have matching halves. <laughs> like she definitely has. Some I love the delivery when she says that's very important. Yeah, it's <laughs> very important. <laughs> so she definitely has some quirky personality there, and she's in a sense a bit childlike. She's very innocent and she's just going with the flow mm-hmm. a little bit, trying to survive and. Uh, uh, she has some, some really funny lines like that. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I definitely see where you're coming from. She was very likable, I think. All right, so to the next one, Candy Store. I think this is a pretty big one. Iconic. It's very iconic, yeah. So um, from the opening number, we have a three-week time skip. We find Veronica has been acclimating well to her new position with the Heathers, but has been, you know, cutting out her old friends a little bit, specifically Martha, um, to hang out with the Heathers more. So Heather Chandler asks Veronica to forge a love letter in Ram's writing, which reveals she'll give to Martha to pull a prank on her. And she tells us that Martha has been in love with Ram for a very long time. Veronica resists the first, saying it isn't right, but gives in after Heather Chandler lays the law, essentially saying, if you're not with me, you're against me. And if you are if you are with me, you're on top of the world. Okay. So I'm just going to say that <laughs> musically it's okay i actually found the soundtrack version a lot nicer mm-hmm. when i watched the musical i didn't enjoy the song at all i think the lyrics is pretty boring it's like a pretty typical high school bully crap but let's not forget by this point i had no idea what the story is about really so to me it's just like another bully song and that was a <laughs> that was it the other thing i guess like after listening to this for a little bit more I like how in this song, like, Heather says, let your mommy fix you a snack. And then later, you actually see Veronica's mom says, Veronica, I fix you a snack, which is kind of cute. I did not notice that. That's so good. (laughs) Yeah, I thought I was like, oh, okay. Great foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah, they have a lot of foreshadowing, for sure. (laughs) I definitely prefer the soundtrack version, though. All right, Hmm. that took more than 10 seconds. But yeah, Yeah, it is a different actress, um, because this is her understudy. So I can see what you mean. I think uh, Emma felt the same, actually, as you. The start of it was very intimidating, actually. The way that Heather Chandler uh, was, uh, what was she saying? She was like, are we going to have a problem? It it was very intimidating. (laughs) You've got a bone to pick. I'm not going to continue that one. <laughs> oh, no? <laughs> no. And I liked how the musical wasn't downplaying um, how brutal uh, bullying can be. And I feel like it did a really good job conveying it in the song. Yeah, I, I thought this was this was a good song and uh, it was suitable for the Heathers. I wouldn't say it was my favorite, but it was it was a fun one. And mm-hmm. That's fair. I think it's definitely a big number, but I wonder how many people would consider it their favorite. I like it just fine. I think there are only two songs I always skip here. Uh, this is not one of them. As Claire already brought up one foreshadowing, another for- foreshadowing that I really liked is Martha had a thing for Ram for like 12 years now. This would kill her. And when she find out that Veronica forged this letter, she tried to commit suicide so interesting i like that foreshadowing yeah that's a good one i I didn't notice that one thank you thank you um so overall i think it's a great song it showcases heather's absolute iron grip over the school and the rest of the heathers who are physically in the background behind her and they also like provide the backing vocal to the song so it really shows like 
also the dynamic between them. So, for example, Heather Duke has her eyes on like the head Heather title when she tries to sing the main vocal parts, but is mm. harshly pushed down by Heather. Um, and Heather, shut Chandler. up, Heather. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and in the in the movie, she's actually targeting Heather Duke very aggressively. Like she always makes her the butt of the joke, and she always tries to like put her down, especially. And I feel like it's because she knows she has aspirations, and this is showing a little bit here. And also the entire stage is colored in red to symbolize, you know, Heather Chandler and Sean Casey it's her rule, her domain. And I also love how absolutely childish the song is for a villain song that is. Like, it's literally called Candy Store. And mm-hmm. I think, like, that's one of the most childish things you can think about, right? And the thing that she boasts about during the song, like having money, being pretty, all these, like, stuff are very superficial signifiers of status, but don't necessarily mean much besides appearances, which I think is also a very childish way to consider things. Another, you know, childish aspect is you don't want people to see you as a baby, you know, come down, do the grown-up thing, like smoking and drinking, obviously bad for you, don't do any of those things. Calling her essentially a chicken, but in a more adult way, which kind of like tries to provoke her in a very childish manner. It does work for Heather here, but interestingly, it doesn't actually work for JD when he tries to do the same thing before they accidentally kill Heather. So I think that the childishness of it all shows that even though Heather has like a death grip over the school and the people in it, she's still like a very small fish to fry compared to like the real world. It's something they actually showed in the movie. To maintain her status in high school, Heather has taken has been taken advantage of by like college students. But in here, they forgo that, um, which is fair. I think they convey it well enough through here that, you know, she's not using her power in a very adult way. Yeah, I, I think it's really good. It's super fun. Um, and I really like that she revels in all the brutality that she causes. It really showcases how much of a villain she is. All right. So the next song is Fight For Me. And this is when we're introduced to Claire's favorite character, apparently, JD. <laughs> <laughs> So um, he is, of course, the love interest slash antagonist here. Veronica notices him first and strikes up a conversation. And he's very clearly, you know, an individualist with some snark and an ideology straight off the bat. Like you can see that, like clearly. Ram and Kurt are really jealous by the attention JD is receiving from Veronica and decide to taunt him and then beat him up. However, JD overpowers them both. Veronica witnesses this and is immediately infatuated with JD, despite not liking violence in general. I think I'll go first for a change this one. Um, it is going to be a bit long, I have some thoughts again. So I think the song is a banger. It's really, really good. Veronica's voice is everything. I like it a lot. Um, she has a great comedic sense in the beginning when she says like, but with this kid, damn, which I like because you I have to remember. Yeah, it's so good. Like she acts it really well. And you have to remember like this is a black comedy. So the comedy aspect of it is really, really important to stay true to the source material. It also shows that, like, Veronica is aware of his violent side. And in the movie, it's even more so because he brought a gun to school and shot two warning shots at Raymond Curry instead of, like, in the cafeteria instead of, like, this entire altercation. So I think it's a little bit more extreme in the movie. It's definitely still here in the musical. And it's also suggesting that she's partly um, attracted to him because of the violence and especially who the violence is directed towards. So like bullies and people who are at the top of the system and use their power for bad. And she also changes like her morals for him, which continues as the musical progresses. And she only grows out of it at the very end. I like also that I chose that 
the makeover that she received at the beginning wasn't sufficient in making her feel better about herself and realizing her potential and self-worth because she still doesn't see herself as girlfriend material for him like she says like could you be seen with me and still act proud it kind of like makes us understand that this is why she still hangs out with the heathers because she doesn't really think of herself as much and she thinks they are a source of her power rather than the power being something innate to her so yeah i really like that i found it interesting that she wants him for him to fight for her but when he does she's like oh no actually not like that i don't want that so like sorry your mind veronica (sighs) (laughs) oh um something about like i guess the construction of this number throughout the musical there are a lot of freeze frames through which like veronica remains unfrozen and monologues what's happening so um it happened in beautiful and it happens here as well and it just like super impressive to see how they hold their pose because a lot of them are very difficult poses to hold through and their muscles must be aching something like special so it's kind of like amazing to see on stage and jd's styling is immaculate here so he has a very distinct style and it's different from the one he has in the movie um he wears like a long black trench coat which looks like it came from the matrix if you guys have seen that i haven't but i know the look um and it's a deviation from you know what they had so i think like they had to put a lot of like thought into what would make sense for him to wear as a modern day musical and change it up accordingly to make him more of a striking example and i think the way that he dresses what makes everybody notice him in the first place and i think that also means that he craves that attention and it's probably because he doesn't get it at home so i really wanted to you know give a shout out to whoever stylized him very very good job what do you all think yeah, yeah, these are some really good points. Uh, I think you nailed it um, on, on a few parts, especially the part where Veronica still doesn't feel like she's a part of the popular kids or she's belong or she can blend in because in the few songs after uh, when she's at the party and a guy talks to her, she has like this moment she's, where she's like, whoa, a hot guy smiled at me without True. a sign of mockery. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, whoa, what's happening? So, so she's still... Um, definitely in the same mode mm-hmm. no but i really i really liked all the all the fine details that you noticed were good and uh and yeah that song is uh, definitely humorous in, in different ways mm-hmm. um also the way they fight uh they have instances where it's a slow motion mm-hmm. and uh they never really hit each other but it's kind of in the air it looks it looks really funny they have some interesting moves <laughs> <laughs> uh what do you think of the song itself uh this you know what it wasn't at first i didn't actually find it too special but after listening to the soundtrack as well i did uh i, I did uh turn around and really really enjoyed it what do you think Claire? feel so bad because i'm not gonna say too much i That's think okay. you covered all the points already oh, no. but i honestly don't see that all that much from the song i feel like unless you're a fan or like you really like the musical you're taking all the time to rewatch or to read into a lot of the details a lot of things just don't really leave an impression especially for me mm-hmm. i guess so this song, honestly, even if I took your advice and I tried to play the whole soundtrack 24-7, I still re- can't really remember how it sounds at- uh, as of this moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I get I this. Think, yeah, I think the only part that I really found funny was there was like a chorus of holy shits and that's oh, you know, yeah, like the highlight true. of the song <laughs> for me. 
Yeah. I like how she was attracted to JD like that, but song-wise, music-wise, it didn't really leave a strong impression. It's not mm-hmm. going to be one of the songs that I'd be like, I absolutely enjoy because, yeah, it just sounds a little bit blunt to me. But if you listen to the soundtrack over and over again, maybe you'll grow me. That is fair. All right. So after this, we have Raise Your Brain. The Heathers are at Veronica's house playing croquet. Heather Chandler is making fun of Veronica's house, saying she's poor. Um, essentially both in front of everyone and to Veronica's parents' face, which is an interesting choice. Before leaving to the party at Ram's house, Veronica's mom tries to like tell her that she doesn't like the Heathers and encourages her to go back to her old friends. And she doesn't really want Veronica to become one of the Heathers. Uh, Veronica says she wants more from life and Heathers can make that happen for her. On the way to the party, they stop by a 7-Eleven so Veronica could get Heather Chandler some corn nuts. And I only mentioned corn nuts specifically because uh, apparently it's an iconic thing from the movie where she sees JD who offers to buy her a Slurpee. Slurpee. Slushy? What is the 7-Eleven iconic thing? Either one. They make a big deal of it, but I forgot. Oh, are those different things? Apparently. Apparently. He talks about his family and how he found himself at Ohio, uh, which is where they're at right now. He moves with his dad's construction company, or sorry, destruction company, every few months, and his mom is dead. We don't know how at this point. (laughs) Something to say there, Claire? I love tragic stories. Uh, I'm like, (laughs) take all the boxes, sorry. Yes. Okay, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about this then. JD finds the constant presence of the 7-Elevens in all the places he and his dad are forced to go to or to move to really comforting and uses the slushies i think it's slushies correct me if i'm wrong as a way to freeze his brain and forget all of his troubles okay so why won't you start with this claire then um all right so at first it sounds like a 7-eleven commercial song to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like why would they make a song about 7-eleven <laughs> That's so weird. That's so random. And um, and I'm not the biggest fan of his vocal, the one that we watched. Yes. The, the soundtrack version was so much better. I, I feel like opinions. if I haven't listened to the soundtrack, I'm going to rate this musical music-wise, mm-hmm. like a very low score. But mm-hmm. I'm glad I did because it sort of changed my impression of the music in this musical, which mm-hmm. is a good thing. And I, when I say I like a tragic story... It just means that I think it provides some sort of backstory for JD and we get to see his life a little bit. But now that I know the whole story and then like how insane he is, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I like that arrangement, to be honest, because it feels like there's always something to look for in a sociopath life, you know, like there's a reason why he's the way he is. Mm -hmm. So I haven't seen the movie, so obviously I don't know this for sure. But from what I've seen online, um, apparently the movie JD doesn't really have all that much um, backstory or mm-hmm. like we don't really get to build much of an empathy for him. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they try to humanize JD by, you know, saying like, oh, his mom passed away. He's this, he's that. It's like giving you something that's like, trying to explain why he is the way he is which sometimes doesn't necessarily is true i feel like like maybe i don't know maybe i'm thinking too much but it's just the fact that we can always kind of go back to what happened in your childhood instead of 
you know, looking at the person as he is right now, mm-hmm. um, sometimes it's going to lead to some misconception or like misunderstanding of a person. Um, so just to me, like the what happened in his past isn't necessarily all that important. Like it's nice to have, but I'm very conflicted in terms of how I think about this. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to to um hear what you guys think. But yeah, as a song itself, it's okay. It's actually pretty nice soundtrack version. Um, it gets a little bit creepy once you realize the song is actually about like psychopathic teenage boy who's also a bomber who uses like kind of this slushies to freeze his brain to kind of keep him sane because his mom is dead in front of him and he's been alone forever since because he has no friends and he hangs out alone at a 7-Eleven and then it changes how I see the song. Aww. So, it, yeah, it goes completely from like a funny commercial song to something that's way different. Is it a good change? You sound conflicted. I'm very conflicted. <laughs> Do you like the depth but you're not sure how you feel about his character? Like, yeah. what are the elements? Yeah, mm-hmm. like I like he's given a backstory. I just don't know if I like the fact that they're trying to explain the fact that he's a sociopath with yeah. some sort of tragic mm-hmm. past. Maybe on they're, maybe they're not trying to actually they could, but maybe they're using the the death of the mom not to, uh, to explain the fact that he's a sociopath. Maybe they're using it as the his like liking specifically to forging uh, suicide notes and. Uh, like making every death seem like a suicide. Oh, I'm not sure. It it could be, but 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 um, but I don't know. Becky in in the movie, uh, does he have this uh, same story backstory with his mom? No, I don't think so. Oh, and if he does, it's very very quick, and I forgot about it. <laughs> but definitely, doesn't give like he isn't given the same amount of you know character background as here. He has like more interactions with his dad than anything about his mom and obviously he still has these interactions here but i think those were the main connection that he has yeah. in the movie they could be using that uh for both actually to, to both explain his uh his uh, sociopathic uh tendencies and his method that, that he likes i i feel like that would be a convenient way to to tie it together that's a good point what do, what do you think emma yeah, so uh, I I have to come clear <laughs> right away. Um, I love singing this song. <laughs> I, uh, I I uh, I think a few times I performed. Uh, I gave Becky a little performance <laughs> practicing this song. Um, and you're right. He he does say I pray on my mountain of slush. So mm-hmm. it is it is slushies. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Yes, so uh, this song re- really does introduce JD to us. We learned that, uh, as you said, he travels a lot. He doesn't have a great relationship with his mom, uh, and he uh, well, his dad, sorry, <laughs> and he he lost his mom. But they don't yet reveal to us um, how he the lost twist. his mom. Yes, they're they're not they're not spoiling anything yet. <laughs> but yeah, I I enjoy that, and it, it looks like he he. He mentioned the freeze your brain, and then toward the end, he sort of changes it from a brain freeze to don't open a vein. He went up the level of of control. I guess I guess the level of severity, right? It's one thing to 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 induce a brain freeze, and it's another thing to open a vein. So he, I think, it describes how he's already here, containing himself a little bit, and and holding himself, restraining himself from mm-hmm. from going farther. It's him finding a healthier coping mechanism than self-harm, I think, is what mm-hmm. you're trying to say. Yeah, for sure. 
Okay, so I'm curious. You mentioned you like singing it a lot. I can definitely vouch for that. You do. Is your liking for the song mainly for singing? Like, but do you like the song as a song? Do you like the song as it pertains to JD? Yes, yeah, that's a good question. So at first, when I uh, listened to the soundtrack, I wasn't attracted to it right away. So mm-hmm. it's probably because it, uh, it it suits my voice a little bit. <laughs> no, but it does have fun elements to it. And the uh, the end when he he does like I, I don't know what to call it. Is is it? It does it count as belting? The big belting at the end. The one that we watched. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um. I think I do think it's a, it's a good song, but um. Maybe more because I enjoy <laughs> I enjoy singing it. It fits my range. Yeah, the recording less so. I think it's still a very impressive high note. But yeah, okay, that's fair. And okay, so I have to ask you, Claire, though. So does this song feature heavily into factor heavily into you liking JD, or is it something else? It's definitely something else. Oh, okay. I am really really curious now. Okay, to my thoughts, it's my favorite actually in a musical. Really? Just be- yeah, just because my segment, like, there is a composite of two songs that I like more, but since there are two songs, I can't really say that. So as an individual song, this is my favorite. Yeah, as a composite, I have something that I like a lot more. I don't know, I just really, really like... In terms of, like, the version we saw compared to the soundtrack, since we mentioned it a couple of times, we saw the understudy for JD, so it's not a person we heard. And I personally really prefer the soundtrack version, so the original person who plays it, or even the West End guy who sings it more. My my order as somebody who saw both of them, or all three, I guess, would be you know the original guy, then the West End, then the one we saw in the video, the understudy. Just because this guy reads me as Prince Charming. Or even a Dear Evan Henson vibe, rather than, you know, a psychotic murderer. And for me, because, you know, it's so entrenched into who JD is, that's kind of a problem. Like, he has a great singing voice, and he obviously is a very talented actor and a performer in general. It just, he seems so... Very sweet. Yeah, Yeah. seems very sweet. And I just can't (laughs) see him as, like, a psychopath. And maybe, like... Exactly. And I mean, maybe I'm the kind of person who, knock on wood, would get murdered because of that exact thing, but just he doesn't seem to me as psychotic as as I would like JD to be. And I also thought that it's really interesting that he uses escapism as a coping mechanism to live through his trauma. It doesn't seem to be working for him at all, considering like all the length he'll go through. But it's interesting to see what he tried so far and what he's not keen on trying. And I think it gives a lot of depth to him to see what he's not doing in addition to seeing what he's doing. So I like that. And I think, as you mentioned, Claire, it's a great song to, and it makes him seem a lot more sympathetic going on to like mm-hmm. what will happen in the future. So we'll see how much of a horrible person he can be. And starting off with this kind of like very sweet, sympathetic backstory that he has is a softer introduction to him compared to the movie, which is him shooting people, right? Or shooting warning shots. And the West End version actually takes it to the next level, making his relationship with his dad later on super hostile and abusive quite explicitly. So I think this is like a middle between making him a complete unredeemable or irredeemable or like unlikable psychopath, like in the movie, and the West End version, which is like, oh, you know, it's a lot due to his background and his story and his like parents and how he's probably most likely abused by his dad and how you know his mom committed suicide right 
So it's a happy middle here. I don't mind it too much. I am a little bit conflicted like you, Claire, about it. And I don't know how to feel. But I think musically, the song is a banger. It's really, really good. And this is my main reason for liking it. So the next one is Big Fun. So Ram and Kurt say goodbye to their dads who are about to go on a fishing trip and get ready for the big party as soon as they do. Everyone, including the Heathers, arrive to the party. And the party itself is quite unruly and very, very explicit. Veronica gets drunk and she gets high. And Martha arrives with a fake note from Ram inviting her to the party. So she tells Ram about the note. And obviously he has no clue what she's talking about because it's a forgery and he rejects her. And the Heathers, on top of that, try to pull a very mean prank on Martha. But Veronica stops them. And as a result of, you know, interfering with Heather's plan... Um, Heather Chandler screams that Veronica's high school career is over and she's no longer part of any group. Veronica vomits, which is a great timing on her, like, part, uh, right after, you know, this thing, and she sends her into a fit. Um, Lick it up, baby. Lick it up. <laughs> <laughs> Iconic words. Yeah, it is from the movie as well, I think. So they actually have a lot of instances of quoting lines verbatim from the movie. Like, Heather only comes down after Veronica leaves the party. I think this was the first song uh, that was rather explicit <laughs> for my, uh, a bit too much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, not the chorus. I think the chorus was super catchy and very fun and the melody too. It, it is a good song. It's just in between words uh, describing um, all the things that they want to do and their desires. It was very intense and, mm-hmm. and rebellious which does help to put extra perspective on on the life of of the high schoolers in the play so uh, so it was interesting it got us a bit more into their their life their their perspectives and and how they view things it was uh, yeah for sure and i think up until now this was very classic teenage rom-com even what do you think of it claire did it give you the same impression um, I actually really don't like the big fun, big fun part. Oh, oh, I have the exact opposite note. It's like, oh, this is a banger, but okay. No, it's like melody-wise, it's so weird. That's the part <laughs> I only, I want to skip the most, but the ah. rest of it is fine. And apparently, according to YouTube comments, it's really big <laughs> on TikTok. Yes, so it is. I don't use TikTok, so I have no idea, oh, but... I can extrapolate um, on that. <laughs> okay, yes. good, good, good. Okay, so I guess you're lukewarm on the song overall because big fun, big fun is like a big part of the song. So is that I think right? In general, it's pretty fun, but it just I personally don't really like how it sounds yeah. during the big fun part. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, personally, I think it's a it's a pretty good song. Uh, not necessarily off my favorite, but I think it's definitely up there. Obviously, it's completely and totally inappropriate, mm-hmm. but it has many bangers within it. So for me, a highlight was the big fun that was repeating. But obviously, the Instagram, uh, Instagram, the TikTok one is um when the Heather's start to target. Yeah, when the Heather's start to target like Martha Dun- Dunstruck. They go like Martha Dunstruck in the flash. Here comes they the come- cootie squad. And then they go like, you should shut up, Heather. Sorry, Heather. Look who's with, you- with her. Oh my God. And then what Emma did. They have like a whole choreographed dance for it on TikTok. And it's really, really big. Actually, Emma is the one who showed the TikToks. Um, showed me like a compilation of them. Yeah. 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 So this is a really good banger from this. I also really like seeing Ram and Kurt's dads, who are definitely supposed to be like grown-up versions of them, just based on how they act. And I think it really puts their deaths, spoiler, in perspective later on. 
even more explicitly like when veronica says like they could have grown up just because their dads seem to be like less mean versions of them just like they care about each other they're still very close as people but they don't seem to target or alienate other people or bully anybody like outright i think that is a cute little tidbit that puts everything in perspective later on in terms of everything else there, that's a little tidbit for me but i really love the way heather mcnamara says Piñata? <laughs> I don't know why, it just like stood out to me because it's very distinct and if you're a community fan, um, that's a show, it's similar to how Shirley pronounces Brita, which is one of the characters, so as somebody who really, really likes community, it definitely like screamed to me. Funny. But... In terms of the setting, obviously I've never been to a party like this because I don't like parties, but I could totally see how it would be realistic to many like schools in the US and maybe to people who grew up in the 80s, I don't know, like it seems like a lot of teen-oriented stuff take the same kind of approach to big parties. People who grew up in the 80s can tell us if you did grow up in the 80s and this is your experience, I hope you're okay. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> It seems rough. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I'm fascinated to hear your experiences, if, if this is accurate, because this seems wild to me. Uh, I think it's a it's a fun, maybe even big fun song, but it's not one of my absolute favorites. Yeah. So I think the next song is actually also one of the bigger ones, and that's Dead Girl Walking. So immediately after the party, Veronica decides to spend the rest of her time before Monday sleeping with JD. She climbs into his bedroom where they do the do. I guess I'll go a little bit first with a comparison. So this was changed from the movie where he climbs into her bedroom. And I think the reasons for doing that, or the, at least the reason why this is a good idea, are twofold. So first, it makes JD more palatable, sympathetic, and a little bit less psychotic. And second, I think it gives Veronica more agency over what happens. And I think both reasons are, like, individually are good enough to make this change. And vocally, it's super demanding. It requires a lot of courage to perform on stage as well. And I think, like, the breathing and the belting that is required through the entire song is insane. It has a lot of urgency. It has a lot of aggression. Not to mention the -the over-the-top acting. And it also, on top of all this, has comedic elements from specifically from the -the over-the-top acting, both from JD and from Veronica. So from JD, it's like, how did you find my address? Which all these comedic comedic elements, I think, make it seem a lot more palatable and easier to to digest because I think what happens there can be very uncomfortable to watch. And this kind of like cushions the blow, for me at least. But what do you guys think? Yeah, actually, just to add on the, on the comedic part you mentioned, Veronica has this moment where uh, she's like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll run to Seattle. And then she's like, oh, wait a sec. I don't know, the motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely uh, make sure to insert those moments, which is uh, much appreciated. Mm-hmm. And what do you think of the song proper? Yeah, that's uh, it's an amazing song. And as you said, we voice... And Olga Belting is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no clue how she has this range and this power, but it is uh, amazing. And in terms of the uh, content, uh, yeah, it, it does. It expresses the, the state Veronica was at. Like she was under the influence and she, she was uh, scared of the bullying that was uh, going to happen on Monday. And she was also impulsive. And you can see it towards the, the end of the song mm-hmm. uh, when she rushes uh, JD through everything. And another thing about this song is that it's going to, the melody is going to be reprised. So we're going to hear it 
again throughout the musical, which is a really nice technique, and it's it's going to have some special effects and, and impact the next few times we hear it. Very true. How would you rate it in terms of like the songs you like? Because it's so big. I know a lot of people, it will be your, their favorite song. I'm guessing it's not your favorite, but do you think it ranks quite high compared to the rest of the songs? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm actually contemplating <laughs> between uh, this one and Beautiful, either it's first oh, or second. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. Both of them are very strong, for sure, for sure. And it is a, an excellent song. What do you think, Claire? I like it. I think on my first watch, this is the first song that got me thinking, oh, wow, yeah, she sounds really nice musically. Mm-hmm. So I like it musically. I think melody is really nice. Vocal is really nice. I like how she is being all dominant throughout the whole song. For sure. And even though that I guess a lot of people probably see JD as being the dominant one, but here he's kind of like low-key submissive, which is kind of cute. But I just kind of thought as I was watching it, even though is definitely funny and all but i was thinking if the gender role was swapped how inappropriate this is gonna be <laughs> and they were swapped yeah for sure yeah so that was like okay maybe people can tolerate this because it's the other way around yeah. but anyways and it got so aggressive physical mm-hmm. on stage mm-hmm. there was mm-hmm. a lot of kissing and stuff so i yes. was like oh my god it goes to the next level like in just 10 seconds so that really was shocking to me but i guess you know now that you kind of know what to expect from the song you probably don't think it's that big of a deal but it just for me it was a shocking moment for sure and i'm like wow all right you're really thinking this as your last night on earth yeah no i mean every single time i saw this i was like oh okay that's a choice to choreograph (laughs) on stage that's definitely a choice and i feel for the actresses and the actor obviously that have to Um, respect yeah yeah pull this off i actually saw um one of carrie's vlogs um and she's the one who performs or or who is veronica in west end as i mentioned and she said it was kind of embarrassing to perform this in front of like her entire family because her entire family was in the audience I, i see that yeah i can imagine like mad props to all the actresses and actors who have to pull this off like eight times the next one is the me inside of me so Veronica falls asleep and has a nightmare featuring Heather Chandler slut-shaming her, essentially. And Veronica, after that, wakes up with kind of like a scream and rushes to Heather's house with JD in tow to grovel and ask for forgiveness. And when they do get to the house, Veronica makes Heather a hangover cure. And JD kind of jokes in the background about like poisoning her with drain fluid and as he pours some into the mug, Veronica kind of like dismisses the whole joke as well, but accidentally switches the mugs and grab the one containing poison instead of the hangover cure. Importantly, JD notices this and almost tells Veronica about it, but decides not to do it and not say anything. So he was aware the entire time, Veronica wasn't. They give the now poison to Heather and uh, she dies immediately. Veronica freaks out, but JD encourages her to cover this whole thing up and making it look like a suicide and urged Veronica to forge a suicide note. So um, Veronica does do this in her suicide notes, kind of like humanizes Heather a lot. That causes the entire school to idolize Heather even more in death than in life. Yeah, it was it was really funny how when the school started to idolize Heather, even after she passed away, uh, we see we see Heather's ghost hovering around, kind of witnessing the whole scene, and she's just having the best time. She's like, "Hey, that's not that bad, actually." She's like, 
she, she, she's starting to enjoy it, seeing that, uh, that uh, she still has the same effect even after she's gone, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. Apart from that, the song I thought was okay. It, it wasn't my, my, my absolute favorite. It did, uh, it did establish a big um, component of the, the plot where now they started, this is their, their first time forging a suicide note, their first time carrying a crime, covering it up. And I guess the song was uh, was getting us uh, a little glimpse into into the foraging the foraging ordeal for sure. All right, what do you think, Claire? I think the music is nice. I love how chill Heather is, like <laughs> after she literally just been murdered, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> and it's interesting to see how this shows really uses its irony to its maximum. Mm-hmm. Like she's pretty much the only one who. Doesn't seem to have problems, not that we could see, probably. But then her fake ones, that the ones that Veronica created, are the only thing that people care about. Well, like, all the other... Um, Heather seems to have more serious problems, and nobody seems to care about them at all. Definitely ironic, definitely interesting. I like that arrangement. I have a spot for JD, so I'm not gonna Aww. comment much. <laughs> is this when do we discover this? This is not when we discover, like, what causes the soft spot for him yet, right? No, I think okay. at this point I was like, oh, what a horrible person. But then oh. later on, I was like, oh, you're so interesting. <laughs> and I like people who can make me feel like they're interesting people. Because otherwise, most people are just kind of, or not people, sorry, characters are just kind of boring. So I like the characters who are really complex and interesting. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean I support what he does. Just want to make that, make that clear. <laughs> just because if anybody there. wants to report me to the police, please don't. <laughs> What will they report you for? I'm curious. What could it possibly be? Okay. Personally, uh, I think the song is okay. So most of the time I actually skipped this song as soon as Heather says, this is great, I'm bigger than John Lennon, all that kind of stuff. Because this happened to me a number of times with this musical. I thought Veronica said those things and I was kind of repulsed. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, she's truly psychotic. Like, who says these kind of things? Like, oh... She really likes that she created murders. Is this like a Sweeney Todd situation? Because I did not enjoy the plot of Sweeney Todd. Uh, it was so um, interesting. Sorry. Yeah, so I thought it was Veronica. I was like, no, skip. But it wasn't, so it was Heather's. And I think like it grew on me a lot in the few days since then. And also, you mentioned Heather's ghost, who is very chill. I like Heather as a ghost a lot more than I like Heather as a person which is a horrible oh, thing to say yeah <laughs> okay i'm not alone here she seems just so much like sassy um and fun and like the way she taunts is like i don't know it doesn't have that sting anymore so it's really fun to see and i love where like she goes with all of her insults it's really nice uh, another tip that i like is like jd going like oh look she was reading the bell jar I thought it was so funny, and the entire segment around it was actually really like comedic gold for me. It's like, oh, I had pain in my path, Sylvia Plath, my problem are myriad, and Veronica mockingly interjecting with like, I was having my period, and maniacally laughing, slash freaking out like, out after this. I don't know if you guys remember it, but I thought it was super yeah. funny. And I think this these kind of interactions really made me buy that they like each other and weren't just like attracted to each other. They have a lot of like banter that I think like is witty and is really nice. So yeah, JD is the one who started the suicide monologue and then like Veronica was the one mocking him. So I was going to ask if you guys think that maybe this was kind of like his own suicide note or maybe he thought about it before, because this is obviously something that he was exposed to in his past. 
uh, or he knew of. So do you think this is something he considered? Do you think this is something relating to him personally at all? I don't think so. I think I think here he was really trying to cover it up. Mm-hmm. Um, like the book, and also uh, a part of the um, of the suicide note has, "Oh, I'm gonna give all my stuff to everyone. Take oh, this, but that's, take that." That's Veronica from then on. Oh, really? So yeah. he's the the first part, the part with the book. Yeah, exactly. And then she's like, oh, you're really bad at this. Let me do it for you. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see. I don't know. With the book, it felt uh, quite specific. So I, I feel like, no. <laughs> okay. That, that's one. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. So the next one is my first instant skip from this musical, and that's Blue. God, those, <laughs> that song. Yeah, it's not the greatest. I'm gonna be admitting that right here. When the when the musical doesn't do a good song, like it flops. So I guess in what happens here, so Veronica meets JD's dad, who is kind of very incompetent at parenting and has a very weird dynamic with JD. And she decides to go home because she's uncomfortable. At home, she gets a call from Heather McNamara asking her to meet her at the cemetery because she has an emergency. But um, when she actually shows up, she finds out that Heather is, that Heather has used her as a bargaining chip. So they used her as a chip. So they will not get raped by Kurt and Ram if she comes instead. And okay. obviously she does. So Ram and Kurt try to like entice Veronica to sleep with them with a the song Blue. But Veronica, in the end, after the song, we found it, that she outsmarted them and escapes. In the British version, it switched with a song called You're Welcome. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll just mention my thoughts about it. So it is an instant skip for me. I don't like it lyrically, musically. I think it's kind of okay, but not very complex or interesting. So no big loss there. And honestly, the creators agree with it because changed it to You're Welcome in the West End. And I don't like You're Welcome all that much either, but it has more thought out lyrics in terms of like Veronica also has singing parts through it and we see her reason on how to like outsmart them and exactly how this happened um and also they like it gives her more agency than the song blue because she has absolutely no singing lines here but they also don't make fun of truly horrific and horrifying experience like blue does and in the song you're welcome they echo common topic points like like you want this to happen or mm-hmm. like this is all because of what you're wearing and this is kind of like showing how horrible these line of thinking are and how much they don't make sense so they kind of like put them out in the open and you're welcome and also it was changed because it kind of makes fun of sexual assault and date rapes especially from you know young athletes which everyone always make excuses for what like why are their futures more important than the future of the girls whose life they're ruined through their assaults so i think blue in general is in very bad taste not to mention you know this song is not good to begin with but kind of as a silver lining for this one this is kind of like the only song that kurt and ram get and they do a very good job acting through it and singing through it um they're very believable as douchebags so in that aspect they do very very well it just everything else about the song is a flaw for me for sure. Yeah, I think music it's okay. It's pretty catchy, which is oh, okay. not it should be. <laughs> um, it's not think too special. I okay, so follow up with the seven eleven song. I was like, did they actually just made a song about balls? That's just really random. And that's really <laughs> weird. <laughs> Other than that, I really don't have too much thought towards this song musically. Mm-hmm. And narratively, they're just douchebags. There's really not much to say. I don't like the fact that the Yellow Heather called Veronica to replace her spot in terms of like 
date rape. Yeah. That's honestly one reason I couldn't really like her character. I, I actually feel so much um empathy towards her when she has her solo. But because of this behavior, I was like, that's really questionable. Like, what the hell? But then all the other parts, she is a, pr- a pretty nice character, except for this one. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree that the whole the whole scene was appall- uh, appalling. The whole scene was there, uh, and maybe they they showed how how appalling it all, it was, and then how the jockeys lied about it later um, as an excuse for uh, JD now to go and kill them. Because I guess we needed something for him to go after them. Okay, so I'll just mention it as being here, but it was in the West End version only. There was a song called Never Shut Up Again, um, and it's Heather Duke solo. So Heather Duke is transforming from green to red, showing her rise to power. I'm not a big fan of the song personally, and in general, I really like Heather Duke in the Broadway version, but in the West End version, I feel like they kind of mixed up the personalities a little bit in terms of like the acting. So Heather Duke has more Heather Chandler energy, and Heather Chandler has more Heather Duke energy. Um, moving on to the Broadway version. <laughs> Uh, the next one is uh, Our Love is God. So the next day, Heather Duke, who is now the head Heather, as we uh, learned, spreads a rumor that Veronica slept with both Ram and Kurt, and a rumor that both of them seem really happy to perpetuate. JD defends her and fights Kurt and Ram, but they beat him up. So kind of like as a response, JD proposes to prank them by getting Veronica to lure them into the woods and promise with like having a three threesome with them. And when they arrive, JD and her will shoot them with tranquilizer bullets and forge a suicide note um, to make everyone think they committed suicide because society couldn't like accept their gay love. But instead, when this entire thing was unfolding, JD uses real bullets and kills them, you know, for real. So he successfully shoots one and kills him. I believe Rem is the one he shoots. While Veronica, who was supposed to shoot Kurt, misses completely. JD runs after him and kills him too. And in the end, he tries to calm down Veronica, who is like super freaking out by the murder. She wasn't accept- expecting it by reaffirming their love for each other. Okay, so this is the big act one closer. What do you guys think? This is the moment when I thought JD was so interesting. Oh, <laughs> oh I love the creepiness in this song. Oh my god, it is very so creepy. good. And it's actually a pretty sweet song if you just ignore like the underlying abuse and like the double homicide that just happened. And <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> just just ignore that part. And it's a sweet <laughs> song. Um, I don't know. I always kind of thought it was just so random. Like, imagine if you're either Ram or Kurt, and then you're, like, naked in a cemetery expecting to have sex with somebody else, and then out of nowhere, there's, like, a guy who beat you up, like, a while ago, and he shot your friend, so he started running, and then he chased after you, and then when you ask him, like, what he's doing, and then he starts thinking about killing the dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, I don't know, I can't stand the thought, it was just so funny. Oh Anyways, <laughs> I love... <laughs> I love the part, like, in the end, he kind of, like, forces Veronica to join him in singing, like, Our Love is God together, Mm -hmm. and it's just so creepy. You can feel, like, the intense um, pressure, and it's so scary, too, at the same time. Like, he's, like, showing the evil side. I thought it was such a good act one closer. He, like, finally reveals who he really is, to some extent, to Veronica, and I I love that. (laughs) I just really like creepy people. Oh, oh, that is this came all wrong too. Sorry, no, is this it's your not. Okay. <laughs> In terms of song, it's not. Ah. But um, I like the moment of how he is revealed. 
Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And musically, like, you like the creepiness aspect of it, or like, do you like it any any other aspects? I like the creepiness. I think like that's the, the main thing that drew me to the song. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. It is a very, very creepy song. Um, what do you think, Emma? Yes, um, I'm so happy that Claire mentioned it because I almost forgot. But the part where they just suddenly together saying that uh, they were, they are what killed the dinosaurs, <laughs> and like the <laughs> dinosaurs died because of them. I don't know why. I don't even know what they mean. <laughs> Maybe you guys can enlighten me. But I love that part. <laughs> it, I don't know what they mean there, but it's it's um. I don't know, it, it's definitely interesting. And uh, apart from that, yes, like, exactly uh, like, like I mentioned, uh, you really notice the eerie part of it. Of it. Mm-hmm. The way he, he says that our love is God and the melody in which he says it, the tone is like, I don't know, it, it's, it's, it's almost like... The instrumentation in the background make everything here 100%. Like the way he says it coupled by, you know, the beat of the drum... It gives it a whole different meaning and tone, I think. I agree. Yes, yeah. I don't know, it's some sort of an assertion. He's he just states it, you know? He's yeah. like and and then after the whole the whole scene and and Veronica was so startled by everything, just at the very, very end she repeats those lines. I don't yeah. know if she repeats it because she's frightened, because she is so disarrayed, she doesn't know what's happening, and she sees JD there after everything, saying that her love is God and just pitying him, kind of disconnecting from what was what has just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, as some sort of of a coping reaction. I I don't not like it. I, I did think it, it had it it did what it was supposed to do. It had an effect, just not my my absolute favorite. Okay, that's fair. Um, there are quite a few elements that I like about it here. So I think like both of you mentioned the absolute like eerie, creepy feeling of it, and that's definitely something that permeates through the entire song. But there are also a ton of Easter eggs in this one. So for example, before telling her about the tranquilizing bullets, JD asks her if she studies German or if she knows German, and when she said she doesn't. He names them Ich Lüge. Um, bullets, which means I lie bullets. Um, no so, way. yeah, it's great foreshadowing if you, if you know a little bit of German. That's um, so cool. That's it, interesting. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's great. And I love that he makes sure to ask her first. Um, wait, not- sorry. Quick question. <laughs> yeah. I know Becky, you know a little bit of German. Emma, do you know any German? I just took, I just finished, um, first year German. Okay. <laughs> and okay. I didn't catch that. So. Okay, okay. She can say, okay. if I say Dankeschön, she can say, Bitte schön. Yes. I have no yeah, idea what that means. But Thank okay. you and you're welcome. Yes. Oh. <laughs> no, maybe I shouldn't have said that I just finished first year German. I feel like it doesn't make me look good now. <laughs> my, my actual abilities. It's okay. You did third Zoom university, so. True. It's a bit difficult, I think, to have a language class on, like, online. Yeah. And it's already better than my German, which is zero. So, <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I now have expectations from you, Claire, because we watched um, six, and there's quite a bit of German in six. And I'm disappointed I that you don't no, know. No, don't expect me to memorize <laughs> any of them. <laughs> okay, but that's fair. So, for me, it was nice. Another foreshadowing is I'll trade my life for yours, which he does at the end. So, that's a really oh, that's big true. foreshadowing. Yeah, so just, I, I personally really like the song musically. It's very atmospheric. Um, I'm not sure if you guys remember, but at the very beginning, it starts off at a school, actually. Um, and it goes very romantic when they recover from the school fight and they sing it together and then gets still romantic, but slightly more disturbing when they devise their plan to, um, you know, 
fake a murder. Um, and then it goes all out scary, as you mentioned, when, you know, the mur- murders actually occur. And Veronica, her acting sounds terrified, um, which I think is amazing, amazing acting. Apart from that, I just think it's an excellent act one closer. It's very momentous scene. It shows Veronica's outlook, her change on like how she views the entire murder thing because I don't think she took it as seriously when it happens with Heather Chandler but this is very premeditated she knows that this is premeditated because she didn't really realize that JD knew about us from before um, and that's also why it's super dramatic and has a ton of gravitas I just realized that the dinosaur part where they say we're what killed the dinosaurs and you know they died because of us it's almost like they give themselves this this grand power mm-hmm. like um like omnipotent kind of power mm-hmm. and then later on we'll see veronica say we don't actually ha-, like when she she comes to her senses she's like wait we don't have that power we don't choose who lives or die yeah totally i think it's jd's entire outlook on life like he definitely is one of those like edgy people who thinks very highly of the power that they hold within society and I think it carries on to, you know, his murders, for sure. Okay, so this was the end of Act 1. The beginning of Act 2 is My Dead Gay Son. So Veronica writes in her diary, regretting Ram and Kurt's murder and singing a precursor to Seventeen. JD confronts her and changes her mind to make her feel less guilty about it, though. So after that, we come to we cut to Ram and Kurt's funeral, and one of their dad is being homophobic, but the other one kind of, like, berates him and says he loves and accepts his dead gay son okay i think this is a pretty weak act two opener i didn't Mm -hmm. like it it's the other song that i instantly skip it's not that good i understand why the song is in the musical because i think either from kindergarten boyfriend or even like from lifeboat onwards it's constant train of like depression town so they definitely want to start a bit lighter and build up momentum towards the depressing aspect rather than like kill it in the middle with a comedic song tonally it would make no sense and it would be a miss it is more entertaining to see than to listen to like it always is a skip for me when i listen to it like on spotify or whatever but on stage it's like a big a big number it's more entertaining to see so i understand why people would put it or enjoy it more if they saw it first live compared to like if they heard it and apart from that i just like love jd's logic so it's before the song but he, when he tries to like console uh, Veronica, he's like, "Did they make you cry? Can they make you cry now?" And then like that was his point. <laughs> yeah, he's not lavish. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh wow, good. That's great. The murder is a okay now. Thanks so much." Yeah, um, no, and uh, in the suicide note, when he used the the the, the excuse that they were gay and, yeah. and not accepted, and then we discovered that their parents are actually gay. Yeah, for and sure. then he's like, "Look, it's success. <laughs> we have <laughs> their parents so much." Yeah, exactly. So. That's another thing. So I think the only other reason to have it here besides like the tone of shift that will happen, it doesn't have much any any other bearing on the plot except for making JD think he is right because society is getting more progressive. So it's kind of like to put some more like goods in his basket compared to like everybody else's. So we won't hate him completely. And I think that's part of the process of, you know, humanizing JD compared to the movie. So I'm not a big fan of this, and I'm especially not a big fan of this as an Act 2 opener, but what do y'all think? Yeah, I think music, it's okay. Lyrics are actually quite nice. Like, even though 
Ram was pretty much like a douchebag. His mm-hmm. dad looks like he was a pretty good person for deciding to like open his heart and love his son and like to accept him for who he is and that sort of stuff. But the uh, I agree with you. I think it's a pretty weak act to opener mm-hmm. music wise. It's okay, but it's not outstanding. And yeah. Um what do you think, Emma? Yeah, so um definitely a skip for me as well. Not not because the, the the concept or the content is not necessarily good, but after the drama from the first act, I always find it hard to concentrate on the words of this song. I just kind of get, okay, now their parents end up being gay, this is a funeral for them, and that's it. I don't really get much more. Okay, so the next one I think is probably the big number from the musical, and that's 17. So JD is really smug about, you know, the tolerance of the town, like the fact that it's showing and he thinks that he's justified in the murder you know essentially to make it for the greater good um veronica however is unhappy and just wants a normal life and she threatens to break up with jd if they don't start leading those normal lives and during this kind of like back and forth they have we also find out that jd's mom died by committing suicide so she walked into the building his dad was supposed to demolish and uh, she waved through the window before exploding I don't have too much to say about it because it's a really good song in my opinion. It's my second favorite as a standalone song from the musical. I think it's really fantastic. But I actually prefer the reprise of it, which happens at the very end. Narratively, I think it is like it acts like a good foil to Our Love is God, where JD convinces Veronica the murders and everything were like something she can overlook. And in here, Veronica is trying to like get JD to act more normal or to act more like not murderous i guess so not only are the character foils to each other i think with how they act so like jd is how veronica would act if she like took away all her morals or acted to the extreme version of her inner thoughts which is why they connect i think this song coupled with our love is god is like a good way to showcase it and in terms of like personality i think it really highlights jd's like joker-esque personality like he tries to rationalize the killing through his pain and worldview and kind of like impose that on others unjustifiably so but i wonder if claire this is like a good humanizing (laughs) moment for you because i mentioned joker-esque and whenever i mention joker-esque i think claire no i think the music is good soundtrack version i had to clarify it the live vocal was bad and i'm glad that i gave it a second chance Mm -hmm. anyways i i like this song i think uh, i don't know jd is so close to being saved here for like a moment He'll, like, give it all up to settle down with Veronica, which is so cute. But that didn't happen. I don't know. To be honest, I mean, maybe I'm just going to spoil it a little bit. But Go ahead. I think if he's not dead by the ending, then, like, it will be a little bit disappointing for me. So I think it makes sense that he dies in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, It just still kind of makes me sad to see, like, the possibility or, like, the opportunity that he could have had. but then just goes into the wrong way i guess yeah Yeah. for sure and for me the most heartbreaking part is when veronica sings like homie tighter and uh, jd sings uh even closer in the in the song because later on in uh, the song i'm damaged there's Mm -hmm. this part when jd says please stand back now and a little further i know just yeah it just shows like how he pushes the people who care about him 
further away and makes me really sad. I think it's a good humanizing moment, definitely, especially if you consider the comparison and the contrast that later on is showing in his other songs. So all in all, I enjoy the song. It paints a very interesting picture of JD. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And another thing about this song is that they suddenly talk about being 17 and doing like all these normal things. And then it really makes you think how far off they are from this, like how entrenched they are with the with the killing and the bullying and their whole society has this mentality. And and it, and it's kind of it really does have a shows a shows a contrast there. And also, I guess they got themselves into a big mess, mm-hmm. and they're singing this song. They 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 wish that it they they could just let it all go, and you know it will be different. Mm-hmm. They got themselves entangled. And, now they look back and they're like, oh, if if it could be normal. Another part is in this song, she makes uh, J.D. promise not to kill anyone else. I believe it's in this song. And I have a feeling that he never intended to actually keep his promise. Oh. Because we see, yeah, we see him throughout having instances where he has tendencies or he still wants to hurt people. Like his first reaction was to to hurt uh, especially Heather Duke but Veronica stops him but mm-hmm. he still seems like he really wanted to do it and he would have done it without that extra reinforcement from her also he devised I feel like the, the plan he desi- devised toward the end I don't I, I'm not gonna spoil it but it's a pretty big hey I, I, I will hold it back a little bit <laughs> but, but but yeah it was a pretty big uh, violent plan and I wonder if he wasn't already planning it because we already know he had a big issue with with the society in the school i think other people do think that he potentially could have murdered in the past so maybe some people would be more inclined to see things the way you do but i don't know i think he genuinely is trying but he obviously needs a lot a lot of reinforcement from veronica in Mm. order to keep you know the steady path of not murdering people um and he's definitely like pushing against her trying to like test her boundaries maybe if she's feeling really negative about heather duke we can kill her then you know so he 100 percent wants to kill but he's just waiting for an okay from veronica at this yeah i really like what emma said about like they list out all the things that you would do in at the age of 17 and then simplicity of life is really hard to get, I guess. Aww. I can see why is being um the biggest number, I guess, the song from this musical. I don't think it stands out that much though. For me, um, Dead Girl Walking is is a, has a much bigger yeah. impact. Mm, that's I fair. agree. I think a lot of people think that because it reprises twice. One of them is not really an official reprise because it's damaged. I think one of you talked about it before. Um, it uses the same melody but different lyrics and then 17 is reprised finally at the very very end so i think it's because you hear it so often throughout the musical that people think oh this must be a big deal of a song so the next one i think is the last light moments no pun intended for the entire musical and it's shine a light so martha runs to veronica to confide in her that she thinks that ram and curb were actually murdered they weren't suicidal and specifically murdered by gd and to cover for him and honestly for herself a little bit too like veronica lets martha know that she faked ram's love letter to her which absolutely crushes martha 
So after this, the school guidance counselor, Ms. Flemings, tries to make the students express their feelings and pain as part of the televised therapy session. And I guess I'll go with my thoughts about this first. So I think it's an okay song. It's not like I would say it's either middle or bottom of the pack. I really like the actresses uh, of Miss Fleming's energy and watching it is definitely a lot more enjoyable than listening to it once again. A lot of the elements are more enjoyable when you watch it rather than listen to it and some of it, you know, depending on who you get as the performers are a lot better in the soundtrack. So also being in the crowd or like seeing the crowd and how they interact with the actors is a big thing um so to this song specifically the reaction they go really wild when she says steve amending our fear and everything that goes after that so it's nice to see it makes me feel a lot more energized and a lot more like it makes this number seems a lot more fun than it is without the live interaction and i also thought it was really interesting to see how the entire town uses the deaths of the students to increase their image in society so obviously you have jd who just like want society to change as a whole heather juke through tv interviews and miss fleming as well through tv interviews and no one actually really cares about the students who died themselves mm-hmm. so i think like this is a really big part of this entire song i really enjoyed that song actually okay um yeah i liked i liked the beat i thought it was catchy and it was it was happy even though it was it was a bit superficial, right? That the mm-hmm. happiness wasn't really there. It was all part of the image, and it's as if the school cared. They just had this event. They're like, oh, shine light, be happy. But they weren't really paying attention to it, you know? It wasn't still their focus, really. But I did enjoy I did enjoy the meeting. The chorus, actually. So not too much, uh, even though Miss Fleming is, is a great singer, not too much that part. I like the chorus where they all sing together. I think yeah. the voices uh, go real well. I think the style itself is very gospel, like like it gives me mm. church vibes. So <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, it's it's very good for that. Um, what do you think? About? Yeah, I think the music is nice. I actually agree with Emma. I think I enjoyed this one a little bit. In terms of music, it's actually kind of high on my list. Nice. I think it's quite Ooh. nice. It's very funny and sarcastic at the same time. Like, and I love the fact that it's not trying to be a positive song necessarily is making fun of all those like you know the be positive campaigns like the ones that really want you to think Mm -hmm. that by shining a light on your problems and staying positive that Mm -hmm. you'll be fixed so i Mm -hmm. like how they make a joke about that it's just so ironic when miss um, filming telling the kids to say it to the cameras making her like (laughs) the savior i don't know it just to me, it seems like she's only wanting them to talk about their problems so she could, quote-unquote, shine a light on herself. I like the sarcasm in the song, and musically, it's also quite nice. So mm-hmm. in general, I quite enjoy it. All right, so after this, we have... I'm going to group them together, actually, just because one of them is really, really short. Mm-hmm. So Lifeboat and Shine a Light Reprise. So Heather McNamara lets slip that she has suicidal thoughts. And Miss Flemings convinces her to fully reveal her inner thoughts and fears on national TV. And as soon as Heather McNamara is done, Heather Duke makes fun of her for revealing her suicidal thoughts, essentially. Miss Fleming then suspends Heather Duke uh, for her behavior. And Veronica chastises Miss Fleming for taking advantage of the situation and not actually doing anything, you know, for the students. She goes on an entire rant, admitting at the very end that she killed all of them. But nobody actually believes her. So instead, they project their own thoughts 
of some people will say anything if they think it will make them popular. After this whole debacle is through, Veronica rushes to the washroom just in time to stop Heather McNamara from committing suicide. In her mind, Heather is encouraged to commit suicide by Heather Duke, which is where the reprise comes in. And yeah, that's the end of those two songs. So I know Emma has a lot to say about Lifeboat, so I'm going to let you... Just a little bit. I'm going to let you take the lead here. Yeah, so I I used to really like this song. It was different than the other songs in the musical. I felt like it was it was a little calm in the beginning. It, it had a bit of a melancholy feel to it, less less dramatic or exciting in a sense. And yeah, so I actually auditioned to a theater that was running Heather, and I auditioned for Heather Mc, McNamara role. No <laughs> so way! In the yeah. Did you sing <laughs> this one? Um, I did practice this one, but I sang um one from Sister Zach. Okay. Yeah, I thought, but I did I did dress like her a little bit. I tried to to look the role. I heard the chops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so Gotta appreciate I'm, the effort. Yeah, maybe I'm a little bit biased saying that she's my favorite <laughs> since I had to listen to her song again and again. I didn't get the part, but it was still a blast oh. to try out. <laughs> Yeah, but I do, I do, I do appreciate that we get now a perspective from another Heather mm-hmm. um, about the school and the pressure that she's under and and other students are under, and also how she started to get the idea of suicide and the ideology as an influence from her environment. That was that was interesting too. Um, but apart from that, I thought it was a solid song. All right, Claire, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like the song too. I'm thankful for, you know, writing a song that kind of explains the feeling of anxiety in a way. And this is a level that people who have not experienced this horrible condition before, like I guess myself and many others have, it actually gives you some sense of like what it feels like and how helpless that it could have felt if you're in that situation. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Like, I think it gives you a little bit sense of hope <laughs> of like what life could be different. Obviously, for Heather, it's very unfortunate because nobody else seems to care, but that wouldn't necessarily be the same case. Like, you know, if you're experiencing something similar, I like how they touch upon some of the deeper or more serious thing, like mental disorder or like depression, that sort of thing. I appreciate it on that level, but. Other than that, I don't really have much to say. I like how it adds some character to her, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's about it. I mean, I like the song, but apart from that, I don't really have much to say about it. I think it definitely adds more emotions and more complexity to Heather, as pretty much both of you have said. It's a great song vocally. It shows, again, the actress singing chops. And it is a very sobering moment, considering up until now, Heather McNamara was portrayed as a very ditzy, a bit of a airhead character. So showing that she has complex emotions, I think is really great for her. In terms of Shine a Light reprise, I actually really like this reprise. Mm. So Heather Duke singing it shows that she continues 100% Heather Chandler's reign of terror through fear and mockery, because that's exactly what she does to her closest friends up until now. I thought that was like a really, really good way to show it. In terms of other interactions that I guess 
are also visible here. I like Heather McNamara and Veronica's interaction. I think it's genuinely sweet. She is very childlike, which I think both of you mentioned before, and is very impressionable. And she clings to Veronica as soon as she shows a little bit of compassion and care towards her. And I thought it was very, like adorable and also very sad that nobody really has done it up until now. And I don't think we mentioned it, we got like a little bit drowned in here, but I felt visible distress when Veronica confesses or confessed and she killed everybody. I was like, oh, this is how they found out? Wow. And then I was sure they were like, oh, obviously we all killed Heather. We didn't care about her feelings. I thought that's the direction they were going to take it, or at least the counselor. Um, Miss Fleming is going to take it. But no, that's not the direction they went at all. They went much darker. So um, they subverted my expectation there a little bit. All right. So there is a song in between this and the other one in the Western version. It's called I Say No. In it, Veronica breaks up with JD. Um, It's a pretty distant song, but I only heard it like twice. Not enough to have a solid opinion on it, but it's there. And from the first two initial listen through, it's okay. Then we have Heyo Westerberg and Kindergarten Boyfriend. So we're pairing them up. So Veronica fights with JD when he wants to murder Heather Duke, but they reconcile right after. Then JD's dad walks in and has a conversation with JD. And at the end of which, his dad walks out and JD shoots a gun just to piss him off. As a result, Veronica breaks up with him. She's really agitated and she walks out. Then we cut to the day of the pep rally. JD approaches Heather Duke to blackmail her into spreading a petition around a school, collecting all of the kids' signature. And at this point, we don't know what the petition is for. And after that, we cut to Martha singing about her crush on Ram in kindergarten when they were boyfriend and girlfriend and before everyone turned mean. Yeah, what do you guys think? I think music why is pretty meh. For me, Melody, mm-hmm. it's a little bit boring. I can feel her, though. I feel bad for her. And if you think about it, she kind of always dresses up like a kindergartner, like oh. unicorn sweaters and stuff. And I take it as because she never really wants to leave it in her mind. And the song itself is kind of just like her realizing it's not kindergarten anymore. So on that level, I really have a lot of empathy for her. Like, I also didn't have a good time in high school. Maybe not to that extreme, but I feel you. Hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's much sadder if you realize that Veronica literally had just said some really mean stuff to her. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's really the last straw. But other than that, I don't really have much to say. Yes, yeah, same. I am trying. I listened to this song multiple times, and I don't want to be harsh here, but I'm trying to remember the melody and the words, and I just can't seem to do that. Maybe it's me, but it could be an implication that the song is not the most memorable or the most catchy. I do also sympathize with Martha, and I know what what falls after, which which is uh, uh, very sad. I thought it was very, very memorable. Also, a very heart-wrenching song. Um, I found that Martha has the sweetest voice. But fun fact, I didn't actually realize it was Martha or that she was the one singing it. And I thought Veronica was singing it, just hearing the like soundtrack. So I really missed the mark here. I did definitely. Yeah, I definitely missed the mark. I was like, and I didn't even realize that they're talking about suicide. I thought like she committed suicide or like had a suicide attempt off screen, and she didn't get a song or anything. So I think I'm attributing like a lot more parts to Veronica than she actually gets. But uh, I was pleased to see that it was Martha. She has a lot of comic relief lines into it which kind of like makes the ending sadder for me even 
And just the fact that she has like the most gentle and beautiful, like soothing voice, the ooh, like ooze she has in the end, really, really nice. And it just gives me a general feeling of like, oh, she's too good for this world. She's too pure. In terms of the uh, Heyo Westerberg, actually, I love that chant. I think it's so, so oh, nice. Same. I love when they use it later on in, um, what was it? I think Dad Girl Walking Reprise. Mm-hmm. It just, they blend really, really well together and it sounds great. I love that chant a lot. Uh, I don't have anything to say about it in terms of like what it does to the characterization. It doesn't do anything or to the plot. It's just nice that it's there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It adds a little bit of like upheaval effect. That it's uh, it's loud. It's crazy. There is, and and then we're focusing on the bomb that is under the team. But I'll I'll let you continue there. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I mean, I spoiled a lot of things already. So if you guys want to spoil, feel free to because I'm doing it all throughout. And I maybe I should ask you before spoiling. I don't know. Now I'm, I'm feeling self conscious. No, no. <laughs> There's there's so many elements there. <laughs> I feel like in every moment when we spoil, we're, it's like something super dramatic. There's like a bomb, a murder, another yeah. murder. Okay, so the next two are also going to be coupled, which is Yo Girl and Meant to Be Yours. So Heather Duke approaches Veronica and Heather McNamara to sign the petition and lets slip, meanwhile, that it was JD's idea, which kind of like, you know, throws some alarms there. And she also tells them that Martha tried to commit suicide and was unsuccessful, thankfully. Veronica freaks out and rushes to the hospital with a chorus of Heather Chandler, Ram, and Kurt behind her. Veronica also, after that, gets home and is confronted by her parents who tell her JD stopped by and reveal that she has suicidal thoughts, quote unquote. And we also learn that he's able to copy Veronica's handwriting well enough to forge mm. a suicide note. And that I was, was like, creepy. Yeah, it was. And yeah. they took it from the movie as well. Like, he gave her mom a folded kind of like note. And when she opened it, it was identical to her handwriting. So it was very like, oh, wow, moment. Then she rushes to her room where JB breaks in to her like room with a gun. She quickly hides in the closet and talks to JD from behind it. And JD kind of like reveals his grand plan. Um, so the petition the classmates signed was a collective suicide note and he plans to blow up the entire school at the pep rally. And after his monologue of why they deserve to die, um, JD busts open the closet door and sees Veronica hung herself up with a noose, thus committing suicide. He rushes out when he hears her mom comes in. I feel like in this song, we really see that JD lost it. Like he's completely into his psychosis. Totally. And is fully immersed in his uh, obsession to forge suicides. The way, the way he delivers that song is really interesting. Like when he, when he makes the sound effects that they're like bang, bang, and he goes like completely. That, that's where you really see that, that he's not really in his mind there. He, and when he bangs his head, he goes like bang, bang. It's, 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 uh, <laughs> it's definitely startling. It, I think it was definitely, uh, it had major effects. Mm-hmm. And with the, with the Ver- Veronica scene, it was it was pretty good. <laughs> Do you like it musically? Yes, and I especially love the part where everyone sings together. Veronica is up in the stern now, like and like Jay is coming to the window, like when they all sang together in the background. I probably yeah. missed up the words for this, but that description and that the fast paced made it I don't know, extra realism to it. It was interesting. I love meant to be yours. Oh. I think it's so good. Um, it's so creepy. I love it. The, the vocal, <laughs> the vocal in the version that we watched wasn't so great. But again, yeah. 
the contra that's not the contract the soundtrack definitely saved the day and uh, i just i just love it so much Aww. i really like the violin notes i think that's probably the previous song when he climbs in from the window yeah that's yeah. the violin note has some like two really scary notes and i love <laughs> it because it really gives me chills uh-huh. yeah yeah, I feel like this is gonna give the wrong first impression to Emma, but like I'm usually a lot more normal. <laughs> and I swear I'm not like thinking about killing people all the time. No, seriously. <laughs> if this gives her the wrong first impression, um when I talked about a segment that would have been my favorite and would eclipse everything by far, it's these two together. They're okay, my favorite good. part of the entire musical. Great. Okay. So not you're not alone. alone. <laughs> All right. Good to know. No, this and... is totally understandable. And this is a great song. Okay. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> I just think it's meant to be yours. It's just so genius. And I don't know. It, it gives the duality of JD's insanity so, so, so well. Mm-hmm. The lyrics are genius. They're like, they're constantly changing the tempo. And then just... Like, it feels like he's singing two songs at once, you know? One mm-hmm. is, like, being a murderous lunatic, and then the other one is, like, declaring his love for Veronica. And I thought it was just so interesting, because at one point, it would be, like, a love song, like, a typical love song, lyric-wise. Yeah. And then the other one will be, like, hey, let's roll some marshmallows over the fire of a dead yeah. bodies. And then it just shows you how truly broken and insane he is, which I think does such a good job of just showing how unstable he mm-hmm. is at this point. And then he's really, you know, getting to that breaking point when he can no longer control it or like he decides to finally unleash it i guess mm-hmm. <laughs> so i think it's, it's a very very interesting song because of that and i love songs like this because it's just so complex in a way it's not just telling one story it shows multiple layers of the same character and i really like it about that is this your favorite i think it would probably be my favorite. all right yeah. uh and emma have you decided between your two favorites Yes, I actually uh, was looking through the songs, and it's the next one that is my favorite. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You did not mention anything the first before, so I'm curious <laughs> which uh, what's going to happen. As I mentioned, this is my favorite segment. So, your girl and meant to be yours together. I cannot, you know, divide them at all. If I could choose two song thing, a couple of songs to be my absolute favorite, it would be these two because they sound fantastic together and they flow between each other so well so for example with yo girl i like that the chorus goes like veronica running on running on fume now veronica's mm-hmm. totally fried amazing great like sense of urgency love that and for meant to be yours i love when he goes like veronica open the open the door please veronica open the door open the door yeah veronica, oh, and then i sing it to each other all the time all the time i'm gonna count till three <laughs> yeah. and he doesn't even count till three um yeah one two yeah heck it <laughs> um so i love these parts and this is such an amazing amazing segment it just like mm-hmm. makes the entire musical worth it for me just to hear these two um so obviously we all think very highly of this yes so the next it's actually three together so it's the final segment um dead girl walking reprise i am damaged and 17 reprise so veronica rushes after jd leaves to the school to stop him and she when she gets to the school and after a short conversation with Miss Fleming, she figures out that JD is in the boiler room and goes to confront him there with a croquet hammer, which I loved. 
JD threatens her with a gun, which is, I guess, more useful in a fight compared to a croquet hammer. And then he and Veronica fight for the gun. Veronica accidentally, or one of them, it's not really clear, shoots um, JD and tries to figure out, you know, how to stop the bomb after JD's shot. So she doesn't know how to stop it, or she cannot stop it, and is prepared to strap herself to the bomb. So she dies alone instead of the entire school dying in the football field. Instead, JD offers to grab the bomb and die with it outside, so no one gets harmed, including Veronica. Um, Veronica agrees, and he dies. After which, he returns to the school and takes the red scrunchie from Heather Duke and decides to rule the school through kindness and blending of the social groups. And she demonstrates that by inviting Martha to hang out with her and watch a happy movie, which I think echoes the opening song. I like that. And she also invites Heather McNamara to join them. And only in the West End version, she invites Heather Duke as well. And Heather Duke joins reluctantly. And actually, I like that Heather Duke was invited, not because I'm biased towards her or anything. Emma, you mentioned um, one of them was your favorite. Yes, yeah, I love the Dead Girl Walking uh, reprise with the Westerberg in the background. I think I think it's amazing. And the whole atmosphere when she sings this one is different. Like, she's coming, she's here, she's going to correct things, to set things straight. And I love the power that she brings to it. And again, her voice is fantastic. So amazing. Definitely, uh, this one is, uh, I, I would say, is, is my favorite. And when we watch it together, I this is something that I noticed every time I heard it in the recording, but you also mentioned it when we watched it. Um, for 17, when Veronica and Martha sang together, did you have any ideas? Oh, yeah. That was, that was fantastic. Their voices go so well together. I wish they would have given them more parts to sing together. A particular <laughs> note, but I forget what it was. I think it was just when they started to sing together. That was a really good combination. I think when they said, your friend, my friend. Oh yeah, 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 that was amazing. The with the beautiful, I felt like that was closure. Like, and I also loved where where she said, "There's new sheriff here in town." She's like, mm-hmm. she's like, "Take your weapons down, dude. You know, we're gonna do things differently now." And she took from uh, Heather Duke the red um, scrunchie and put it on her own, kind of defying the their their current mentality, saying, "No, like we're done." And, you know, with the songs before it and uh, with the preceding part, with the beautiful, it leaves a good feel, I think. I like the reprise. I like the beat in the background during the part when JD and Veronica are talking and uh, before the I wish your mom had been a little stronger oh, because yeah. it sounds like a timer. Yeah. And it also sounds like a heartbeat to me. Oh. And it's like gradually getting faster. And I just like that amazing subtle effect i think it's really nicely done mm-hmm. and i'm damaged i don't really have too much thoughts to be honest musically yeah. it's just okay it's not as good yeah say hi to god is definitely a powerful line to me can I you will... explain it to me i'm sorry to what? cut you but one of my comments is i never understood this line so can you explain it to me <laughs> to me um all right so I don't know if I understand this right, but to me, it shows that Veronica still kind of loves him despite that all that is done. So even though that he's, she is letting him die and it is kind of at his own request too, but she's hoping that he goes to heaven rather than hell. So like the way that she mm-hmm. says is, is mm-hmm. as well, just so touching because to me, that's like a farewell. 
like saying goodbye and hopefully you go to somewhere better and saying hi to God. I think it's the line read. I probably misunderstood or misinterpreted the tone. It sounded different to me than I guess most other people. So I was always like, what's happening here? Personally, I think like you mentioned, actually. So the dead girl walking with Hale Westerberg in the background was like chef's kiss. It was really an amazing sequence and combining these two songs together that you wouldn't think necessarily would go so well and making it work was amazing to see. I didn't have too many things to say about I Am Damaged. It was like, oh, you know, this is the climax of what's happening here. And it's kind of like a wrapping up of it. And for 17, I just really really like the harmonization of Martha and Veronica so I already said that I think Martha has a very angelic beautiful voice and I think and I might be reading too much into it that when Veronica addresses Martha her voice goes high to match Martha's own so they are in the same wavelength to show like the repair like the fact that their friendship is being repaired but yeah I also think like by now we see the entirety of the story, the character development that happens when she takes the scrunchie away from Heather Duke is really, really good. It's very powerful compared to before when she was like a little bit scared, a little bit terrified. She just hopes that something will improve. So having this entire character arc being closed in here um, is really, really nice. It's good to see her imply all the knowledge that she acquired throughout her experiences. And yeah, I guess like Martha... I, too, am a sucker for happy ending, and I thoroughly enjoyed that it was a happy ending of sorts in the end. So I guess we can go into our final thoughts, and at the very end, we have a treat that I will reveal after. In general, I didn't enjoy it as much during my first watch, uh-huh. but then after some, you know, listening, I like it a little bit more. I'm never really a black comedy person, mm-hmm. so a lot of the times where it's supposed to be ironic or sarcastic, like I, it will take me some more time to get it. And so, in general, it's just not really my cup of tea, I guess. But I'm glad that I give it a try at least because. Just how much Becky is hyped about this, I guess. Do they really hype it that much? (laughs) I think so. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) And the music is actually quite nice, like after some listening. It's probably not as memorable in the first run, but then after some time, it's like there are some pretty good songs I enjoy. And like I said, I really like creepy, um, (laughs) sociopath, psychopath, that sort of story. So this is definitely fitting to my liking to some extent. So I like all the songs that are kind of creepy and haunting. So I really enjoy that. I think plot wise, it's a interesting story. Couldn't think of a better ending, but I feel like the ending was lacking something i feel Mm. like there could be something more powerful or something that's like a twist or something but then it'll probably be too dark so Mm. i can live with the ending that's Mm -hmm. that's okay yeah so in general i think it's a pretty nice production i don't hate it but if you watch it the first time like it could get you could use some time to get used to it I think that, as Claire said, the the plot can be very intense and explicit, um, which is not uh, my style. But I did really enjoy many songs in there. It, it was even hard to pick what was my favorite because there were so many great ones. And and I do appreciate the vocal, the songs, and the harmonies. And I think that that really makes the the musical, at least musically, very strong. 
uh, in terms of the plot, I think it's a good story. Uh, but but yeah, some parts were a bit explicit for me, so I could mm-hmm. skip them or do about and still get an enjoyable experience. Yeah, I I have to agree with you. Uh, I'm really not a big fan of explicit songs or explicit shows most of the time, and the show is definitely very explicit. But I think there are enough elements that I like to make me kind of ignore it, even though every time it does come up, I do win. But the music is great. I really enjoy the music, save for two songs, and one that I felt kind of meh about. They have a lot of elements that they juggle, which I thought they did very successfully. I like the little elements. I don't think it was a big aspect of the show, of the stage design, you know, changing the colors to correspond with Heather's. The costume were hit or miss in terms of, like, you know, the 80 feel of it. The instrumentation is something, another aspect that I really like, and as you mentioned, Emma, the harmonization, also a great aspect. The acting, Especially oh, yeah. from uh, Barrett Wilbert Weed, amazing. A lot of other um, actors did an amazing, amazing job too, and I have to commend them for it. It just looks like it involved a lot of effort, but it wasn't. It felt like a labor of love. Before we give our final ratings, I did promise you guys a treat. And I guess, Emma, since you're our guest, usually Claire does this. I'm sorry to take this away from you, Claire. <laughs> Do you want to introduce the link? Uh, so what you can do is you can say the title and where it's from. Sounds great. <laughs> okay, so this is a quiz. The title is Quiz, Which Heather Character Are You? <laughs> and it's from Theatre Nerds. All right. And I am really intrigued. <laughs> so what were you like in high school? The options are popular, self-obsessed, gossipy, troublemaking, conniving, evil genius, Awkward, dorky, naive, quiet, loyal, observant. Ooh, I'm curious who's going to choose the conniving. All of us, obviously. <laughs> okay, okay, I'd go with awkward, dorky, naive. Me too. I'll go with quiet, loyal, observant. You're in New York to see a Broadway show. Which one do you pick? So the options are Waitress, Chicago, The Phantom of the Opera, Wicked. We've covered two of these so far in the, <laughs> in the podcast, actually. And we've seen all of them. I'll choose I, Wicked. Uh, Same. I choose Phantom because I've seen Wicked before and I've never seen Phantom on stage. What do you see in your future? Writing a fantasy novel, working to achieve world peace, your name in shining lights, traveling the world, and meeting new people. Traveling the world. Me too. I'm assuming, Emma, you're going for working to achieve world peace. Yes, yeah. Good to strive for it. At a party, you're most likely to be. Catching up on rumors slash gossip, a wallflower, on the dance floor, enjoying the food slash drink. Definitely food and drinks. Me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that's unanimous, that's for sure. Pick up a laptop screensaver. Now, we can't really describe these. I chose the starry look, and I think, Claire, you chose it as well, and Emma, mm-hmm. you were choosing the city. Uh-huh. Your friends would say that your greatest strength is your determination, your commanding presence, your talents, your individuality. Oh, I like your commanding presence. <laughs> I am not sure between individuality and determination. I mean, I guess I can say yes, because I yeah, would probably please. be a friend. So I, I would say probably your determination for you. Oh, okay, awesome. I chose for myself determination. But again, you can both chip in and say maybe, hey, this is not you. Ouches individuality. All right. Which Heather's lyrics resonate with you most? So it's time for you to prove you're not a loser anymore, then step into my candy store. That's obviously from Candy Store. 
but the sky is going to hurt when it falls. So you better start building some wall that's from um, freeze your brain. I pray for a better way. If we change back then, we could change again. We can be beautiful. Obviously, it's beautiful. And if and the last one is, but I believe that any dream worth having is a dream that should not have to end. And this time, I'm never waking up. That's from kindergarten boyfriend. That's why I don't remember it. <laughs> I went with, I pray for a better way. If we change back then, we could change again. We could Me be too. beautiful. I'm going to go with, but the sky's going to hurt when it falls. <laughs> you wow. better start building some walls. <laughs> Ouch. I don't know. Might be a pretty good advice. It is. It's a good quote. It is a good quote. I agree. And it is from my pick for the favorite here. So I can't fault you for this. I was (laughs) contemplating. You geek out most when you are with friends, reading slash writing, performing in class. With With friends. friends. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Your go-to fashion choices are from the thrift store, Hot Topic, Lord & Taylor, and Kohl's. Any okay, I'm not from the thrift store, but I wouldn't say it's my choice. Me too. It is my choice. <laughs> I guess I don't know any of the other ones, so I'll go with the thrift store. You don't know Hot Topic? I feel like I heard from it, but I don't have that's I feel like, like it might goth. be my style. I had a friend who actually worked there and they have a lot of oh. fandom related stuff, so they do have some good finds, but uh it's a bit too dark and gloomy for me. So um, we're all choosing the thrift store? Yep. Okay. Your favorite book series is The Hunger Game, Pretty Little Liars, Harry Potter, The Dark Tower. I honestly haven't read um, The Dark Towers and Pretty Little Liars. So, Me neither. so choose... your choice is narrowed down, eh? Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to choose Harry Potter. Me too. Even though, honestly, same. it's not my favorite. Uh, okay. I'm guessing we'll probably all get the same, except for maybe Claire, you will be different. Oh, I'm definitely different. Okay. Emma, do you want to go first? <laughs> okay, sure. I got Veronica. <laughs> oh, we all got different, I think. No way. Okay, so it says that you usually have a clear sense of right and wrong, but those morals blur depending on who is around you. While life has its struggles, you prevail by realizing your worth and that life can be beautiful. Oh, nice. Are you surprised? I got JD. Oh, me too. Oh okay, we're God. not all different then. <laughs> Beck, yeah, I never expected JD from you, to be Maybe honest. Don't so. you remember I got Sweeney when we did the quiz? Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's another side of you. I should yeah. I should know. <laughs> I never expected JD from you either, to be honest. <laughs> Subconscious. I know, right? <laughs> yes. I think uh nobody all of them are so up over the top it's really difficult i think veronica is the most normal out of all of them and even she has some cuckoo moments so um do you want to read the description no you can do it since we both got it well okay so you got the big announcement i guess and i'll read the description um you're a lone wolf who likes to shake things up from inside out you'll stop at nothing to get your way even if it means telling someone to freeze their brain Okay, so I think what's left is just give our final rating. And before we do that, we'll do a drum roll. And before the drum roll, so when we are introducing the rating, we usually say something that is related to what we watched. So for example, we we covered Aladdin recently. So we could say, oh, we're rating this like 10 out of 10 genie lamps. So something that is related to the show Cute. while you're doing the, the, the rating. If you can come up with that on the spot, that would be good. If not, I won't fault you, but I'd appreciate Drumroll, please. Okay, I'll give it six out of ten slushies. I knew you'd oh, go that way. Ask me how I knew. All Team JD, all the way through. All Team JD, Team JD. 
Okay, so I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 Ich Lüge bullet. Oh, nice. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10 Croquet Bowls. Yay! Alright! Okay. Right. <laughs> so all the first through. Um, just uh, before we wrap everything up and, you know, put our plugins, um, Emma, thank you so much for being on the episode and being such an amazing guest. Uh, I really enjoyed hearing all your saying and everything that we talked about. I think it was different because we watched it together, but you kept a lot of your opinions for yourself and revealed them here, and I was really intrigued to hear a lot of them. So thank you for coming. Yeah, it was so much fun. You should come on next time too. (laughs) Yes, I'd love it. I'd love it. It was such a pleasure. Please do. All right. So I guess you can find us uh, on Podweight Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit if you want to discuss anything related to this episode, previous episodes we've covered, or if you want to give us recommendations for things to cover next. We'll be definitely very keen to hear from you. And if social media is not your thing, you can always contact us via email at podwaypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.